Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my good buddy, happens to be a dear friend and my colleague from thespun.com, the best sports aggregate site in the world. I, I read it every morning, was on it this morning. That's one of the first places I go to for my follows and uh, read and enjoy. Matt, good to have you, friend. Always a pleasure to be on talking some ball with you, uh, after another weekend in the NFL. What a weekend. We got a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to start right with the Raiders. What an absolute embarrassment. And I put B-E-A-R in the middle of that. Utter embarrassment. The Raiders looked, other than the punting game, uh, looked bad everywhere on the team. Obviously, a Max Crosby plays at an unbelievable level. We'll talk about him in a minute. But this is 24 games into the Josh McDaniels regime, and they're worse. And it's not even close. They're worse than the team he inherited, which was a fifth seed in the AFC playoffs. It, it's worse than they were last year. They're going backwards. And the three quarterbacks he has are his guys. I, it's it, it does not look good. Do I think there are paths? that he could take to get this thing on track. I do, but it's, but you know, us as reporters, our job is to not create news. It's to report it. So you can see some paths where he could get there. And um, I'm, I'm going to eventually here probably in the next week or two, start to write about those. It may make some people frustrated, but I'm going to, but the point is, is right now they're going backwards. And the word I like to use is discombobulation. What are your thoughts on the Raiders? Well, listen, I, I think we both predicted last week um, a win by multiple scores. You know, you're going into – yeah, you're going on the road. It's never easy to win on the road in the NFL. We've talked about that a lot on here. But you're going on the road against a team that had been one and five and was starting an undrafted Division two rookie uh, at quarterback. I don't care what Tyson Badgett had looked like during the preseason, or if people had thought, that, you know, they might have had a fine there. It's still his first career start in the NFL. It's a game you you need to win. And I understand the Raiders are going in with a back quarterback. Yes, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's out. But, number one, it's not like the offense had been lighting it up with Jimmy G in there. And, number two, it's not like you have somebody who's making their first or second career start there. You have an experienced backup in Brian Hoyer. Um, I think – offensively start there for the Raiders. I think one of the things that concerned me is um, they could, and again, this you talked about it being unable to make plays downfield. It all connects. They couldn't run the ball. And that's an easy way 
to kind of control the game when you have a backup quarterback in or, or you know, when you're you know, not at full strength. You run the ball, especially with a guy like Josh Jacobs. They were not able to run the ball and control anything offensively. And then defensively, you find yourself behind early on, and, and it just snowballs. And, listen, they – again, you said you're talking about a path in terms of what they could do as a team – uh, just schedule-wise, I don't think they win this week, but there is a path that they come home and then beat the Giants and the Jets, which will be winnable games to get back to 500, where they can be in that playoff mix for the, the you know the last seven games of the year. So there is a, a path out of this. But listen, you're going to Detroit now, which is going to be motivated because they just got destroyed by Baltimore. People were talking them up, the Lions. I still think they're a good team, but they got just decimated by the Ravens. So now they're coming home. You know they're going to be motivated. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game to, to even stay in it. So, listen, this is another – we've seen one or two of them already so far this season. This is another little mini crisis point kind of for Josh McDaniels and this Raiders team, I think. I agree with you. No game was bigger than the New England Patriot game. I've said that. I maintain that. I won't budge off of that. But if, if you're the Raiders and – you're absolutely in crisis mode. Fully expect them to lose this week. Then they've got to beat the two New York teams. Now, now I, you say you got. I don't think Josh McDaniels is losing his job for not winning both those games. But the point is, is I mean, then he gets at least back to 500 in a league where, look at even the Buffalo Bills, I think, are four and three. They are. Yes. So uh, they just are in desperate need. I, I want to talk about. Um, the Raiders. So after the game, and it's funny, I've heard him called Bajant, Bajan, Bajan. I've heard him called that to him. And he yeah. doesn't correct anybody. So I was told Bajan by someone in the organization, the Bears organization. I'm going to stick with Bajan. You can call me whatever you want. But after the game, he said something. When I heard it live, it jerked me a little bit. He said their entire game plan was to know where Max Crosby was. So wherever Max was, they were going away from him. That is incredible respect for one player. J.J. Watt the other day called him one of the best players in the league. If Max Crosby was on a better team, he would be getting the praise and recognition he deserves. I know that Raider fan loves him. I do not believe Raider fan understands how good he is, and even they understand how well-respected he is elite. Your thoughts? First, I think it is Beijing because Chris Collinsworth called him secret Beijing man. So I still get it mixed up in my head, but that's another another topic. But uh, what can you say about Max Crosby at this point? I mean, he has come out since he's been with the Raiders and just, you know, proven everybody what he sh showing what he can do. First, he outperformed his draft status. Then he became, you know, an, an all a Pro Bowl, All Pro type player. Now he brings it every single week, every single game for a team that's kind of stuck in neutral, so to speak. Um, and you know, you could tell just by listening to him post game. I mean, I'm not in the locker room, but I see your interviews, I see his, his clips with um, other outlets or stuff that gets passed around on Twitter, and you can sense the frustration. You can sense that they're not. Not that he does has a problem with his teammates. I'm not trying to stir that up, but you, I think you could sense that 
guys aren't able to match that level of production and that mm-hmm. otherworldly level of intensity and kind of dedication that he has. And I think that that's, you know, unfortunate for Max because he's a guy who's who's a star in the league, and I think he has that star reputation around the league, like you said, from personnel, from people within the game, other players, coaching staffs, et cetera. Um, but I think that fans know he's good, but I don't know if fans know how good because, you know, listen, the guys, the the – Premium edges and pass rushers that get talked about are, you know, Miles Garrett, uh, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, even though they're not, he's not the same position kind of um, stylistically as those guys. But, you know, and they're all on better teams. Um, or um, I guess in Miles Garrett's case, even though the Browns had more recent success than the Raiders. Um, well, no, not a more recent success, not a more recent playoff for it, but they won a game a couple of years ago. He's just been so good. He's number one overall pick, so he just – everyone knows how good he is. But so the Steelers are better than the Raiders. Um, the Cowboys are better than the Raiders. The Niners are better than the Raiders. So those teams are on uh, – showcased a lot, so everyone knows how good those guys are. I don't know if people – fans can truly appreciate how good Max Crosby is, and that's a shame. Man, I want to dig into an, another Raider issue because I think it's viable and I, and I think it's important. Is when you put $102 million of your salary cap and they've got tens of millions in dead space and in your salary cap on your offense, when you hire an offensive coach, when that's all of, I mean, a lot of it, the bedrock of why you wanted this guy to come in here. You fire a very popular coach um, who just got off a playoff run. There's more talent on this team than the one Rich Passaccia coached. But you look at it, I mean, Josh McDaniels, and you know, I personally like him as a man. I think he's a good man. But it's clear something's got to change, and I'm not calling for his firing, but he's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat. I asked him Sunday. You know, they always talk about the process, but when the process isn't working and you're 24 games into your regime, do you alter the process, change the process, or scrap the process? Or or stay, excuse me, excuse me do, you, do, you, do you alter it, scrap it, or stay the course? I mean, this is why he's paid the big bucks. He's got to come up with answers. And that's why I said, when you got players all over the field making multiple mistakes and your offense has never gotten off the ground, this all sits on him and his staff. I don't think that's unfair. I think I th- he agreed. He even said, you're asking the right guy because it's on me. This is all on him. He's got to fix this. Sure. Everything falls to the feet of the head coach. And I think um... – you know, process-wise and strategy-wise and all that stuff, I, I think you're always looking to make tweaks and make adjustments uh, if you're coaching at, at any level, especially the NFL. But, you know, now we're seven games into the season, and the off- they have scored 20 points one time, um, and it was because of a safety that closed out that, that Patriots game. So – when you look around the league and you see other teams with less offensive personnel or offensive 
capital spent or reputation, things like that, being able to find ways to score. And again, scoring's down a little bit around the league. It's a big story. Offenses haven't been been as explosive as they have in, in, in recent history. So it, it is a little bit of a league-wide thing. But still, the Raiders really haven't gotten it clicking at all through almost the first half of the season because, you know, you're seven games in, like I said, at this point. So I think that it's got to change immediately almost soon. I, I think it has to change at the latest coming home for those two New York teams. I think those games are, again, nothing's as important as the, the New England game is and was, but those two New York games are paramount because those are two teams that are going, that are, the Jets are better than the Giants, but the Jets don't have a, an elite offense. They have a very good defense. So you can, your defense can keep you in the game. If you make it up plays offensively, you win. And the Giants defense has been playing better, but their offense is, is worse than the Raiders right now. So that's a game that you have to win at home. Um, you need – they have to come out and play well. And, again, you'd say you have to win. It's you know something to, to put a mandate in. He's not losing his job if he doesn't win both games. But in order to make something out of the season, unless they pull the ultimate upset this weekend in Detroit, they have to win both those games. I made a statement three games ago that the next three games were going to tell us everything we needed to know about Josh McDaniels. They're two and one. I think they lose Sunday. They go two and two. We're going to find out what happens when they play the two teams from Gotham. But the issue, I mean, I think this is clear. I'm I'm not a fan, so I, I get to approach this as, you know, it's not my job to create news. It's only to report it. And he's not going to lose it. I mean, Less than a five percent chance the man loses his job this year, so it's 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 not even relevant for me to do. When I say a must win, it's not must win to keep his job. It, but it I it is becoming toxic, Matt, between the fan base and him, and that's not good. I don't care whether it's football, whether it's you and I in journalism, whether you're a barber, when you've got your customers fans in this case, screaming at the owner in public. And it's toxic. And and it, it at some point, I feel bad for fans because they're getting spurned on by media who love click, 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 yes. click, 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 click. You know, I you're going to laugh at this. <clears throat> I had a, a national media guy, I'll tell you who when we go to, when we were off camera, call me yesterday. He said, Hondo, I love you, but you're stupid. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you're out out here telling everybody he's not going to get fired. Do you know how many clicks you're missing? You could do the Josh McDaniel watch. Is it coming? He goes, you would be killing it. And I said to him, but if I know that that's not coming, if I know that it's not probable, if I know that, no. Why would I do that to the fan base? It, it's it's disingenuous. And I want them to respect me as someone, okay, you know, I mean, I always like what Hondo says, but I can go to him because he's trustworthy. It's toxic, Matt. And uh, your thoughts on that? I totally understand it. And I think that that's, this sort of breeds um, – Whenever there's a, a prolonged kind of drought with a franchise or or, or a run of mediocrity or, or worse, this breeds 
tenfold now, even more so than it did years ago because of the immediacy of social media. Um, fans are on Twitter voicing their complaints. They're yelling at beat writers. They're yelling at national media people. They're yelling at players. Um, and I think when you look at, I mean, I've seen it out here in New York um, with, I'll give you an example because, you know, I, with even I'm, I'm a Yankee fan and the Yankees have been one of the most successful franchises in sports in the last 14 years, but they haven't made a world series. So that's like, you know, a ultimate sin for the Yankee fans. And Twitter is a cesspool of toxicity in terms of Yankee fans wanting the general manager fired, wanting the manager fired, wanting the owner to sell. Um, and this is a, this is a, team that hasn't had a losing season since 1992. Um, the Giants coming off a surprise playoff berth last year, Brian Gable, coach of the year, they start one and five, and every, he's lost all the good graces of the fan base. Things can flip really quickly in professional sports, especially in the NFL. Um, and I understand the toxicity. I'm not saying it's right or healthy, or, but I understand where it's coming from. And when you look at the Raiders – and we've talked about it now, this is two decades of this. And when you have a lot of fans, because I follow, you know, your Facebook page and I see the commenters, there's a lot of fans who have been fans for 40 and 50, almost 60 years, um, or even younger fans who it's been passed down in the generation. So maybe they're only 25, maybe they're 30 years old, but their father was a Raider fan, their grandfather or uncle. So they're used to that, you know, commitment to excellence and just win baby and all that stuff. And now when you don't see it put into practice for two decades and you see constant kind of upheaval or dysfunction and inability to, you know, find grounds, I feel like it's one step forward, two steps back. That's where the toxicity comes from. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I it's funny because I'll say stuff. You're just protecting Josh. Or threatening me, I'm like, no. Listen, you've known me for 13 years. I think it's been 30, whatever. Rutgers yeah, joined the Big something Ten, like that. Yeah. Okay, and on top of it, we're personal friends. I mean, you stayed in my home. Uh, sure, my son, your uncle Matt. Okay, I, I love you. You know that. You know because you've seen me when I've had to call coaches out. You've seen it when I've had to say, okay, this is irreparable. I'm I'm more than willing to do it. But at the same, I'm not protecting anyone. But like I said, our job is to report news, not to create it. And and I, I understand you're a Raider, you're a Raiders fan. Your organization sells you commitment to excellence. They sell you just win baby. Now listen, it's the organization selling you that. It's like if you go to a restaurant, it says we have the best Italian, excuse me, Italian food, not Italian, Italian, Italian food in the world. And you go there and they're bringing you chips and salsa and the menu is just Mexican food. You have a right to be a little ticked off because that's what they're not selling you. And the last 20 years, you've gone to the playoffs twice and you fired both coaches. You have a right to be angry. You have a right to be upset. And, and, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's it's not good, Matt. I got to tell you, it's it's not good. All right. I want to go to an, another subject because I think it's super important. And again, I just want to reiterate, 
after the Giants and Jets games, I'm going to do a full evaluation of the team and what's next from here. I'm going to give my 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 brutal, honest opinion after that. That being said, when you look at this Raiders team, there are people saying, just tank. Well, no, that's not what you do. You you And I respect the Raiders. And, and uh, again, this is going to get me hate, too. I respect Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels because they're not out looking for quick fixes, selling the future of the franchise. They're, they're, they, they're being diligent. They're being patient, more so maybe than what the fans want. But when you look at Max, you know, Tyree Wilson has his best game ever against the Bears, but he should because all the attention's on Max. There are a lot of issues with this team. But they still are a good enough team to should have be, beat Chicago. They should beat the Jets, should beat the Giants. How much of this do you believe is all on Josh McDaniels? Do you think it's on players for execution? Do you think it's a mix? Because here's what I think. You're in year two. That's why I give you 20 games. These are your guys. I didn't expect them to be a playoff team, so I don't believe my 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 thoughts were unrealistic. So to me, when you see failure all over the field, it rests squarely on the staff. Your thoughts? Listen, I obviously think that there's blame when you lose a game like that over the weekend. There's blame to go around. You know, the players will say we didn't do enough, we didn't execute enough, we didn't. But like you said, when you're seeing the same issues kind of crop up week to week in terms of execution, in terms of uh, silly mistakes, in terms of coaching decisions, things like that, it does reflect squarely back on the shoulders of the head coach. And obviously under the head coach, you have the you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, position coach, you have all that stuff. So there's other responsibilities there. But this is your show. You're Josh McDaniels. This is your team. You were brought in and – Listen, when he was brought in, the Raiders and everybody knew the reputation he had around the NFL, which is brilliant offensive mind, obviously was a major part of that, that Patriots dynasty. But even after Tom Brady left, the best that Mac Jones has looked um, is his rookie year under Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels was able to get a little bit out of Cam Newton before his body really betrayed him, even in that one season. So it's not like he's as a coordinator, he's totally reliant on Brady to have any kind of success. But as a head coach, we knew the reputation. We knew how sour things ended and how poorly it ended in Denver. Um, we saw what happened with taking the Colts job, backing out. Um, so, we But I'm going to say something here. He was arrogant, and all that went bad in Denver, he deserved. But I know the details behind why he didn't take the Indianapolis job, and I 110% support him on that. And I don't think he did anything wrong. I understand that you don't, but I, I want you know me. I'm always in an effort to be fair. I'm going to totally support him there. Well, I'll say this: I don't know the details, so I don't. I can't say he was wrong or right for that. All I'm saying is that when you have that was on his resume. I think it gave fans pause because you're saying because they were like, totally well, true. that's this. Look what happened. Whether he was right or wrong, this is what happened when he tried another team tried to hire him. So you knew there was some risk involved with his past to head coach. So I think that that puts him squarely under the microscope. And like you said, 
He's probably not getting fired this year, but, you know, if they don't turn things around a little bit and, you know, and they say they go 6-11 and 11 again, I'm just throwing it out there, his seat is, is nuclear hot going into 2024 because – Nuclear. Because not – and I'm talking about fans are not going to have any patience whatsoever for any kind of slow start, any kind of mishaps, things like that. Um. So I do think it falls on him to get it turned around, get it corrected. And I think that how well he does or doesn't do that is going to uh, really set the tone for what footing he's on going into the offseason, into 2024 uh, season. If this was next year, I, I'm i certain he would have been fired after a loss like the Chicago Bears lost. Just I was going to say, not- if, they, if they, you know – goes six, seven wins this year, something like that. You know, this continues, and they're three and four again at this juncture next year. I think we'll, if we're still doing this, we'll be talking about a coaching search or something like that. I think he he would probably be gone. We've been doing it 13 years. I don't think there's any reason to doubt we won't yeah, be doing it true. next year. All right, I, I want to get to something because I have had a mental shift on something. I was very annoyed by the Taylor Swift stuff when it started, you know me. I am not a a pop culture icon. It's not who I am. I am so focused in on football and my family that I just I I I just don't have time for anything else. Well, I always have time for hunting and fishing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and by the way, everyone, this guy don't let the New York accent fool you. Yes, he's from the Big Apple. Yes, he lives in the Big Apple. But this guy's a crack shot. I got him out in the country and got him shooting. You are quite the shot. Now, I give you a lot of credit there, Matt Holetti. Anyways, um, at first it was annoying to me. In fact, I didn't even know she'd become a pop culture icon. I I knew of her as a country western singer who sang the song about Tim, Tim McGraw. But I wasn't any idea. I had no idea she was as big as she is. And, and Okay. And I got annoyed with it because I, I want when I watch football, I don't want politics, I don't want entertainment, I, I want football. It's like every Super Bowl I go to, people are like, "Ooh, the halftime show." Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't care. Anyways, but I am telling you, I am watching fans come to the National Football League. That, uh, I'm stunned. I have a friend whose wife hate sports. She won't go to a game with them. She doesn't mind him doing it. She just hates it. I mean, she literally wants nothing to do it. She says to her husband the other day, hey, why don't you get us tickets to the Kansas City Chief game in Las Vegas? We'll stay with Hondo and go watch the game. And he goes, all right, my, I might do that. And he goes, I'm not going to do it. They're too expensive. Two days later, she's like, hey, I bought us two tickets to the Raiders to go watch Kansas City. And he's like, what? She said, yeah, I thought it would be fun. Maybe we'll see Taylor. I mean, it has, he's like, Hondo, she is glued to the TV. She's bought Kansas City Chief uh, a hoodie. She bought a Travis Kelsey jersey. Even though she's not, he's not a Raider fan. He's not a Kansas City fan either. But he's like, I'm just great. The more I see this, and I'm seeing it all over. 
I was in the airport the other day and I, I saw this dad with three daughters. I'm going to guess 10 to 14 all wearing Travis Kelsey shirts. So we're on the same plane together. And I said, are oh, y'all from Kansas city? He goes, no, I go, where are you from? He goes I'm from, and he told me he's from Carolina. And I said, uh, your girls, Kansas city chief fans. He goes, well, yeah, I'm a Panther fan. He goes, but they're all Taylor Swift fans. And that's what they wanted. So I'm, I'm just glad they like football. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm changing. This is good for the NFL. Hey, Old farts like me, it may not mean anything and move the needle, but it is bringing an audience that's mammoth. I know you guys are covering it. I'm sure you're getting a lot of traction out of it. Your, your thoughts on Swifty Mania. And listen, every week we do write about some of the people who are uh, on social media complaining about all the coverage and complaining about all the cutaway shots and how much they're kind of you know, really talking that up. So I understand that there maybe is some Swifty fatigue um, among, you know, the non-Taylor Swift fans or just the people that are just there for football. But like you said, I think it's being outweighed. This is the bottom line. Money is the bottom line, always with the NFL. And I think that it's being outweighed by – People who are devoting more time and more money into the NFL product because Taylor Swift is involved, whether it's buying Travis Kelsey merchandise, which his sales skyrocketed um, in the days and weeks after she first went to the game against the Bears at Arrowhead, um, whether it's, you know, just tuning into the games to get a chance to see her or like you said, there are some people who are buying tickets. I saw it happen out in New York, too who are buying tickets to go to the game to see if they can see her in the skybox in the suites. Um, they don't really care about the action. That's, I mean, that's what they're doing. And I think that's why the NFL, well, that's why there were some conspiracy theories that the NFL was behind this relationship and things like that. I don't know if that's the case, but I'll tell you what, I think the NFL has a vested interest in keeping the relationship alive at this point. And I think they're hoping that not only does it last through this season but and the playoffs, but it lasts through years. I mean, can you imagine what it'll be like in the playoffs with her at the playoff games? And if they get back to the Super Bowl, it's going to be nuts. So I have to tell you a funny story. My mother, who's pushing 90, is not a Taylor Swift fan at all, but knows who she is. And now she's officially a Kansas City Chief hater. Because she, she's not a Taylor Swift fan at all. And she's a Raider fan. She She's from New England, so she's a, always been a Patriot fan. My yeah. mom's from Providence. And uh, she's always been a Patriot fan. So she was very excited when Josh McDaniels gets the Raider job. But now she's like, son, I am a full Raider fan because I hate the Chiefs. And, I mean, it's just it just gets me. It's just It's just funny. Now, I will tell you this. I learned this from my niece. Thank you, Harpy. I learned this from my niece, that evidently Taylor Swift's motto is when she's done with a guy, she writes a whole album of breakup songs. Yeah. Now I've got people <laughs> sending me TikToks, and I don't do TikToks, but they'll send me reels, excuse me, reels uh, of 
suggested songs when she breaks up with, with Travis Kelsey. This is this is now the the whole ancillary of it is becoming entertaining. Without a doubt. And it's just it's a, a storyline. And now I mean listen, we wrote about it the other day. Look at the graphic that CBS showed where his stats are considerably higher with her in attendance. Now listen, why are they higher? Because the two games, she's been at four of the six games he's played in. He missed the first game with injury. The two games she missed, one was his first game back from injury where he was kind of just working himself back in. And the other one, he messed up his ankle against the Vikings and missed part of the game. So that's why his numbers were a little bit down those weeks. Um, she saw the four weeks where he was at full strength, basically. Um, but it's almost like the Taylor Lytics now, where it's like, what is what are his numbers when she's in attendance? It's pretty. Did funny. you just say Taylor Lytics? Yes. You no, know I love you, Matt. Hmm. Might have to use that in writing now. Might have to use that in my post. Yeah, I'm, oh no, no, I'm going to use that, and you're going to get credited for it. I'm going to put that right in your lap. Now I got to tell you this: I am not buddies. With Travis, but I do know him. Him, uh, somebody who's very important in his life is one of my best friends, and another person, a former teammate, and I are very super close. So, so I certainly know him and 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 all of that. But don't claim him to be a best friend or anything like that. But know him, and to me, he's already an elite tight end. He's already an elite tight end. And if anybody can handle this, it's him. He can handle all the hoopla. It's very interesting. All right, back to the Raiders now. I think they're going to get their butt handed to them. I think the worst thing that happened to them was the Detroit Lions lost. I'm not giving my score today. I'm going to give my score probably on Monday. But for you, my friend, let me have it. Who wins? What's the score? On Sunday, on Monday, excuse me. Yeah, I think, listen, I think that I, I, this is a game that I had them losing before what happened on Sunday. Even if the Raiders had won, I would have had them losing this game because I, I do believe the Lions are a quality team this year. But the Lions just got uh, obliterated by the Ravens. They definitely got, uh, you know, they're now people are starting to say, oh, they're a fraud, they're this, they're that. So they're coming home and they're motivated. You know, Dan Campbell's going to have them ready to bite kneecaps and stuff like that. Um, MCDC. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I don't think that this is – I don't think this is a good spot for the Raiders. Um, I think that they need to show a little bit more so that they come home for those two all-important New York games feeling a little better about themselves. But I still think when it comes down to it, I think the Lions win this one. I I have the Lions 30-17. to over over Vegas. All right. I think you've got the Chiefs score low and the Lions score high. You mean the Raiders? That's what I think. The Raiders. Yeah, right. So Chiefs. what did you say one more time? You said 30, I said 30, 30 to 17. Interesting time, my friend. I think we both have the Lions on that. So it's going to be a fascinating time watching all this. Matt, listen. Greatly appreciate you. Appreciate all your coverage at the Spun from the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, first of all, from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation's Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. 
part of the Fans First Sports Network. This is Hondo Carpenter along with my colleague, Matt Holadic from thespun.com. Thanking you for joining us. We'll see you all back here tomorrow. Make sure you stay on the line, Matt. I want to tell you a couple of things. We'll be right back after. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.